This is Dion Blumenrader with Big Hoss One Sauce, and you're listening to the best show on all things barbecue with my man, Greg Rempe. Start the game! Let's go! Do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. I originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and revival show. By the way, lest anyone think that they have come up with the words fun and frivolity as it relates to live fire cooking shows, incorrect. I'm the one that has coined the phrase. I didn't coin the phase, phrase fun and frivolity in general, but as it relates to the world of live fire, no one else, and I am warning everybody else. I'm warning you with peace and love. I'm warning you with peace and love. Anybody else that has a barbecue and grilling show that uses the terms fun and frivolity could be in for it. And I'm saying that with peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. But again, I am the one that has coined it in this niche in the live fire community. Live fire. In fact, it is such a part of my show. It has been coined the live fire fun and frivolity show. Lest anyone think, if you hear it anywhere else, know that those people are charlatans. Thieving from my very success, from my creativeness. Nobody else is coming up with fun and frivolity as it relates to barbecue, because guess what? It's not fun and it's not frivolity. But I make it fun and frivolous. Why not? Let's not take ourselves oh too seriously. Let's mix in a dose of fun and frivolity. When we talk about live fire cooking, barbecuing, grilling, you name it, offset cooking, roast, smoke roasting, as my friend Stephen Reichland likes to say. So don't fall victim to such shenanigans nor charlatans that are running amok amongst this industry. Anyway, way off topic, but here we go. If you want to jump in uh, and talk to me this evening. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Guy the Cooking Sam on YouTube says that he introduced hilarity and hijinks into the uh, metal, sheet metal trade. Good for you. Guy the Cooking Sam never, ever disappointing when he is inventing in the sheet metal trade business. Tack welding doesn't want any of that, Sam. What about a a stock bar cutter? You got some hijinks and shenanigans with that? Nevertheless... Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. Well, folks, it is finally here. This day has arrived. Believe it or not, we will be joined by first-time guest, a cowboy, and a chuck wagon cook. Perhaps you can use those terms interchangeably. We'll find out in about 10 minutes from now. Kent Rollins has joined us. Sand Skeeter, of course. But Kent Rollins will be joining us. 
In fact, barbecue jeweler to the stars. You would remember him as Stephen DeFranco, the biggest fan, one of the biggest fans of Kent Rollins, is, was the initial spark into uh, having this rundown over the last number of months. Allowed me to take the book to St. Louis this past weekend where I skimmed through some of the recipes but really took in a lot of the anecdotes and personal stories that he has scattered through the book as well. So very much looking forward to talking to Kent about chuck wagon cooking, about being a cowboy, about keeping up an old era of cooking, a a generation's past almost to a certain degree, and then how he has infused technology into what he is doing as well to grow the brand. So looking forward to meeting and talking with Kent Rollins, a cowboy and chuck wagon cook. Then after Kent, we will be joined by a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, and he is the live fire journalist when it comes to the world of barbecue and grilling. Fourth Tuesday of the month, first hour regular guest Derek Riches will be joining the show. As always, we'll be talking about something called a nuke, and I'm not talking about missiles, although it does have the potential of getting very hot. But we'll be talking about something called a nuke uh, or a puma made by nuke. It's something along these lines. Derek has his um, hands on an advanced issue of one of these. Uh, by the way, allow me to back out as I am introducing what Derek and I will be talking about. If you traditionally watch the show on Facebook, I will get to that here in a sec. So uh, Derek Riches and I will be talking about a number of topics as we do usually. Then we will move to the second hour. Embedded correspondence, of course, 14 past the hour but then oh sweet jesus amen and christ the debut of season two that's right you know it you wanted to have it back you clamored for it immediately after it found its way out that being american idol season two barbecue central show edition Jeff Rice is back to defend his title. Rusty Monson is a new competitor. John Solberg and Doug Scheiding and myself are back for season two to try and win the title back from Jeff, but we'll see how it goes from here. But we have all of our songs at the ready. Five songs, so that means it's a five-month-long session, if you can believe it or not. Notwithstanding the competitors, the judges are in full effect. They have been overtly critical of me over the last number of weeks, just in general, so I can only imagine what they will be bringing to the table on the judges' side of things. In fact, so excited to be a judge for season two, the oldest Bobby is joining us from none other. Then the Hill itself, Seton Hill University in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. So we'll be talking with her on the remote, but the other two will be here in studio as usual. So looking forward to starting season two of American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition. Once again, Jeff Rice will be back to defend his title. Rusty Monson, the newest competitor to the show. And then John, Doug, and myself, year number two seeing where that will go for us. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snaps. Slash RD Rempe at YouTube for a live video feed. Slash BBQ Central Show on Twitch for a live video feed. And for whatever reason, I don't know why I changed nothing. I'm a creature of habit when it comes to the show and the setup. And the technology, I refuse to change when it works, and I have it dialed in. However, for whatever reason, Facebook has decided to take a dump on the show tonight. I'm getting your emails. I'm getting the text messages. But go on to the Facebook group page, Barbecue Central Show group. That's a thing. Answer a handful of questions to make sure you're not weird. And. Hey, have at it. Go ahead. 
watch me there. I'm sure next week, for whatever reason, I'll be back where I need to be. But at this stage of the game, the normal Barbecue Central show feed is is not... Andrew, you are not the heart. The regular Barbecue Central show feed is not working. So go to the Barbecue Central show group feed on Facebook and you can see it there. Or go to Twitch slash BBQ Central show. Or go to slash RD Rempy on the YouTubes. Whatever you like, I'm here for you. Or do what most people do. Get it after the fact. Watching live really isn't that great anyway. In fact, I hate it live. I hate it live. Kent Rollins may or may not be joining me. Hopefully, we wigged out the time zones, but, you know, time will tell. I see Derek's in the green room. Ready to take in a little Kent Rollins pregame before we get to him. Derek has no idea how close he might be to pulling two segments, and he's not even ready for it. But we'll see. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. Designs and builds all of our products in the United States of America. And building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service is the backbone of how Yoder's has built the company. This approach translates into what could be truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family and we're honored to have the trust placed in the backyards of America from pellet grills to wood fired offsets and charcoal grills consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smokers name make no mistake Yoder Smokers flavor driven design is unique to each style of pit and our team has developed our cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competitions for generations to come. It's this generational thought that is rooted in our handsome products that define the integrity and core values. American-made quality and endless flavor are the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit Yodersmokers.com and grab yours today. That's Yodersmokers.com. In fact, Cleveland celebrity at my best pally, Iron Chef Michael Simon owns a Yoder Smoker. Offset Cimarron, I believe, is the model that he uses. But you can go to Yoder Smokers and figure out which one fits you best. The Cowboy Cook is in the green room. And we will be getting to him here shortly. Kent Rollins is ready to go. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit BBQGuru.com for more information or call 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, my first guest tonight might be more home on the range than in an actual home. While technology is proliferating at incredible rates across this land, a simpler way of life and cooking is being carried on year after year by a true cowboy and Chuck Wagon Cook. Many of you have already taken in his book, A Taste of Cowboy. You subscribe to his YouTube channel. You've seen him on TV many times as well. We race to the hotline and welcome in first-timer to the show, Kent Rollins. Hey, Kent. Hey, Greg. Thank you so much, my friend, for having us on. Uh, It is a great day, and it's good to see you, my buddy. It is absolutely great to see you and glad we could put this together. Very excited to talk to you. So, you know, Kent, everybody knows you as a cowboy and a chuck wagon cook. But if we go back into the history books of the Rollins family, do we indeed find a deep-rooted lineage of past cowboys prior to you? Oh, yeah. There was a my, – my oldest brother was a good at cowboys or was, but my dad and a bunch of the 
the old timers that run around with him were just true cowboy. I mean, to me, being seven, eight, nine years old, they stood like legends, like giant oak trees. And uh, I just wished I'd have paid more attention or had a tape recorder on at times so I could remember some of that stuff. But uh, no, it, it goes back a long way. Is it something in your blood? I'm going to get to the, the, the definitions of cowboy, Chuck White and Cook and all that stuff. But do you find that, you know, over your many years of talking with other cowboys, that it is a calling or it's in the blood for these guys? Oh, it has to be not only in your blood, Greg, but in your heart, you know, and when you, when you have something that's in your heart like that, and it's your, uh, your desire to become really well at it and you grew up in it, uh, it just makes it that much easier. So yeah, it's, uh, I guess it was in my blood or in the grit. Cause we had a lot of sand blowing down here at times. Ken Rollins joining me here on the show. Kent Rollins, Dot com is his website, and you can subscribe to his YouTube channel as well. 1.62 million of you, as of earlier today, are currently doing that, so very popular. Ken, in your own words, how do you define cowboy, and can a chuck wagon cook also be a cowboy, or are they separate entities on the plane? Well, to me, if you define cowboy, and it's totally different than what you might see portrayed on the, the movie screen so many times, uh, First of all, he's a man that uh, is kind, is generous. Uh, he wears a hat. He tips it to, to all the women, opens the door. He has very, very well-mannered and behavioured, not only horses, but him himself. And um, it's um, steward of the land. You know, they, they are out there in Mother Nature um, nearly every day. And uh, they get to take care of what is set there in front of them. And... Uh, whether they own the cattle that they're taking care of or they're working for a big outfit and taking care of somebody else's cattle, they're, they're riding for that brand, and uh, that's what it takes. And as far as the second question was, can a cowboy be a chuck wagon cook or a chuck wagon cook be a cowboy? Now, years ago, it was known going down the trail that it might have been an old retired cowboy or somebody that got tired of riding and just went to cooking. But... Uh, I work both sides of it, and I think that's why Cowboys respected me so well. I've been on the branding fire side, and I've been on the cooking side. So it uh, it made it pretty easy for me to transition. Uh, I had a lot of early culinary training from my mother. And uh, so cooking came natural, but so did Cowboy. Ken, I agree with you. I think for the majority of us that have no idea about the industry's inner workings, you see it on television, you see a Clint Eastwood. You see a Blazing Saddles, you see whatever uh, soup de jour of Western is on the TV yeah. at this point or television show, and it really seems to be portrayed in one way uh, from a high level. Yeah. You don't see the inner workings of stuff or, you know, there's good guys and bad guys and lawmen and that's it. How does the business of ranches work? Like, when are you contacted to either be a cowboy or to cook? And, and how do you even get in those circles to work? Well, you know, it's uh, it goes back a long way, Greg, from uh, when it started. Old Cookie going down the trail so many years ago in the eighteen eighties. You know, he was had the true first Mills on Wheels ever invented. I think when he was traveling down the trail. But uh, I, I've I've been a cowboy and, and still am, and I'm very proud to say uh, that is something that I'll never give up. But also a chuck wagon cook uh, now. There was some old cooks out there who were mean and contrary and, and very, uh, very ill-tempered. And that's what a lot of people portray to cook as so many times, especially when I was young and little. I'm thinking, that's the meanest old man I've ever seen in my life. But it really, they weren't. Uh, some of them were really good cooks and uh, some of them were really bad cooks. Uh, but you never complained. That was not proper cowboy etiquette, you know, to uh, ever say anything about the cook. And... Um, He's probably the most important man on a drive because if you've got a good crew, I mean, a good cook, you'll have a better crew because they look forward to it. And, um, you know, word of mouth goes a long way. Shan used to ask me, she said, you have an email address. And I said, yeah, route one box 318. She said, no, that's not it. And uh, But the Cowboy Circle, whether it be from South Texas to Montana to the Great Basin country of Nevada and Utah, um, word travels fast. You know, hey, this guy's a great cook or this guy's a great cowboy. Y'all need to hire him. And uh, for years, people would try to schedule their brandings and spring works around our availability to be a cook. And uh, 
we're still fortunate enough to get to carry some of that on today because it's something we're not going to give up. So, hey, it's uh, it's a great day above the grass, my friend. Ken, is it a nomadic life then for a cowboy? I mean, will you find him in Texas for this part of the year and then he goes up to Utah because they're doing whatever they're yeah. doing up there? There is a lot of that in what we call a bedroll cowboy. You know, he'll have a horse, maybe a dog, three or four ropes, bedroll, and a teepee, and he can start in South Texas in January and end up, you know, far north Montana from June, July, and August, and then turn around and go back. So there is a lot of what we call day workers, but uh, they do a lot of traveling, and uh, it is uh, very nomadic at times. You know, uh, I've fed some of the same crews for years and years and years, and then be on different ranches and not know anybody there. Uh, but uh, it's a it's a great lifestyle. It's uh, very long and demanding at times, but they love what they do, and I love what I do. I talk to a lot of the folks in the trades here. I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, we're getting some concrete poured here, and I talk to the owner of that company, and he says, you know, the, the biggest issue I have right now isn't the work. It's finding somebody that wants to come and do this work with me yeah. and for me. Uh, I might have a guy yeah. for a week or two and then, you know, they're off to <clears throat> chase another 75 cents an hour or they don't like the work. Is there a younger generation of cowboy coming up? Yeah, I don't think maybe as much as there was, you know, at one time, but uh, there's still some some young fellers out there that's going to try to fill some saddles uh, when some of them are a little long in the tooth, as they say. And there's still a lot of cowboys out there. You know, people say, hey, you're a dying breed. And I say, no, you can't see us going down the interstate 90 miles an hour, uh, but we're still there. You know, as long as there's cows, there'll always be a need for a cowboy. And uh, some of the most remote and rugged country that you can find is where some of the best cowboys are. If you're the best cowboy or, or one of considered to be one of the better cowboys out there for works, what kind of money can you pull in? during the course of, I mean, like, do you get paid per year or is it like per session or what? It's per day. You know, um, it goes back from way back in the trail drive days. Cook made twice what the Cowboys did. And uh, I can remember the first ranch I cooked on, I was making $40 a day. Cowboys making 20. Uh, we were there about four and a half weeks, you know, and uh, you look back at it from now times to back then, um, it's a lot of money back then because when you're in there four weeks making $40 a day, you thought you'd won the lottery when you get out, you know. But there's wages that uh, I hear of people, you know, when when we were day working and stuff and, and not cooking so much, uh, you was lucky to get $75 to $100 a day. But there's places now that are going to pay $150 to $200 a day for a good hand because they know they're worth it. Uh, Kent Rollins joining us here on the show, and you can find him at KentRollins.com. Ken, you know, I had no real knowledge of the cowboy and chuck wagon cook lifestyle prior to you know really learning about you and then uh, getting through that book uh, this past weekend. And I guess I was attributing to a lot of old ways that maybe yeah. were just coming out of vogue. Time had passed and, and part of that industry would advance with the times. But indeed, from what I was reading and, and watching on the internet, a lot of that has remained the same. Certainly there's been some yeah. advancements, but by and large, uh, you've really seen not a lot of change. So how much has remained the same, let's say over the last 50, 60 years and how much has changed over that time? Well, you know, you, you go back to the early 1900s, especially and um, before, before there was so much railway system back then, you still had to push cattle a long way to get it to market. You know, at one time when they was going up the Chisholm, they started south in San Antonio, and they'd go to Dodge City, Kansas, or Abilene, put cattle on a rail and ship them anywhere in the world. Uh, it's not that way anymore. Uh, you know, a lot of these ranches are um, 290 to 350,000 acres, some of them that are great big and large. And uh, one pasture might be 17, 18,000 acres. So, you gather cattle in the same way that they did so many years ago, and you take it to a set of pens to work them cattle and vaccinate or wean. Uh, but back in the day, they were driving them a whole lot farther. You know, they were going 14 miles a day if they could, sometimes 15 to get to somewhere. But it's it's different. The technology, I won't say technology because they, that's really a bad word at times for, uh, for a cowboy because they get lost in it if they're like me. But uh, there hasn't been a lot of change in the way that it takes place as far as a horse, a saddle, 
and a rope and a good cowboy. You know, that's went on for over a hundred years and it's something that'll never change. Um, sure, that, that the livestock that's there, there's always a great need for beef, uh, but there's uh, there's always got to be somebody that takes care of it. Ken, let's go ahead and transition a little bit into some of the cooking stuff. From a high level, what right. are the staples of any good chuck wagon cook? Well, I think the first thing, and I know when I started cooking, and there was a lot of them old timers that was still there, and uh, they called anybody that was 20 years younger than them a button, you know, and uh, it was a very, there's a great code of ethics in a cow camp, and you, you never come under the tarp or the fly around the wagon unless they were invited, and they would just stand off out there, you know, and uh, of a morning, four o'clock in the morning, they're going to judge you on coffee right off the bat. Now, they're not going to say nothing, uh, but I learned through the years, if if they drink one cup and they go on, maybe they're not coffee drinkers. But if they drink six or eight cups, you know it's all right. You know, and it's always sort of been that way. Uh, the younger generation, you don't see as many uh, coffee drinkers as you did. You know, they'll break out a bottle of water or something like that. But uh, it, coffee's first thing on every morning, last thing off. And uh, there's always a need for that as long as the day lasts. I mean, uh, I've kept coffee hot on a fire or on that old wood stove of mine all day long and don't throw it out till nightfall, you know, right before I retire, me and Shan. So it's it's one of the things that you're really known for. But the probably the other is the sourdough biscuits. You know, can I, I used to hear them whispering, you know, when I was first starting and then they'd say, that guy can cook a biscuit, you know. And it's Sure, there's an art to cooking it, but there's also an art to making it, you know, because just like old Cookie going down the trail so many years ago, we used sourdough starter in the same way he did. Uh, ours is not traditional that I use. I use a quick set, but uh, still the same. And then they're going to judge you on dessert. Uh, they're Like I say, they're not going to ever tell you anything, but when they come back and fill that plate three times, they don't have to tell you nothing. You know it's worth eating. Can a lot of notoriety, and maybe I'm just – focusing on you because you are the subject of interview this week, but you seem to get a lot of notoriety, especially when it comes to the use of cast iron pieces, uh, whether it be pans, Dutch ovens, things of this nature. Is that more of a Kent Rollins thing, or is really that more of a chuck wagon thing, because those are the items that you need to take with you to be a successful cook on the trail? Well, cast iron been around forever. You know, there's a lot of good cast iron in the United States, and there's some bad uh, I've really seen a trend as it began to grow in the last three to four years. Uh, but you can buy a cast iron skillet, a good one, something that's made in the USA, and it will outlast every one of us if you take care of it. We have some that have been handed down from generation to generation. And sure, that's that's what's on a wagon, uh, you know, that and Dutch ovens, because you're going to bake in a Dutch oven. I can fry in a 20-inch skillet. So uh, they've always been a part of my life. My mother had them. My grandmother had them. Uh, every old timer that we knew had one. And um, to me, there's nothing more. Uh, oh, I better not say that. There's nothing any more healthier that you can eat out of than a piece of cast iron because you're going to absorb iron from it, especially if it's a baked good. Ken Rollins joining me here on the show. Uh, you had prefaced uh, in the previous answer saying that coffee was the first thing on, first thing off. And you can see, you know, in the book, there's cowboy coffee on YouTube. There's yeah. cowboy coffee. You have videos on YouTube of other tools making cowboy Kent Rollins coffee. And they mention your name like 75 times through when cowboy Kent Rollins does the coffee. He does it like this. Now cowboy yeah. Kent Rollins says he does it like this. Can you talk to me about cowboy coffee and how you make it and why I mean, if you've read the book, it, it might be a little bit of a, of a redundancy here, but for the folks that are just tuning in or, or just learning about you, what makes boiling coffee a better cup of coffee in, in your uh, opinion or, or from what the folks, I mean, folks are giving you feedback. What are they telling you? Well, everybody said I didn't know it could be this smooth. You know, we, we, we've always made coffee the same way. And um, when you can take one of them big old two-gallon pots and fill it with water right below the spout and then add, add you three handfuls of coffee, which is about two and a half cups, uh, let it come to a rolling boil. Don't boil it over, but a good rolling boil. I'm not talking just a, just a pit and a patter. I'm talking rolling for about four or five minutes, pretty hard. And then just set it off the fire, let it cool a minute, pour you about a cup of cold water down the spout, and all the grounds will settle to the bottom. 
Now, after the big lawsuit many, many years ago where somebody got a little hot from some McDonald coffee, uh, most places turned their water down to below about 191, long in there. Now, when you heat coffee on that old wood stove or mine or over an open fire, you're getting well above the 212, I promise you. you know, I heard you it was like 647,000 degrees last I heard. Yeah, that is right. <laughs> and uh, But when you do, you break down the tannin in the bean, which removes the acid. Uh, because people say, oh, I'd love to drink coffee, but it gives me acid indigestion or it gives me acid reflux. And I say, if you make it right, it won't. <laughs> and folks, I've had so many comments on YouTube from Cowboy Coffee through the years. Uh, they'll guarantee it. You know, we did a special two years ago with Jeff Goldblum on just coffee. And uh, he told me, he said, I didn't know coffee could be this smooth. And I said, if you make it right, it'll always be smooth. Who's the most interesting person you've run across during your years here outside of the cowboy stuff but you've been on television you do a lot of public facing events it doesn't necessarily have to be a celebrity but who really captured your fascination as you were talking to them well i think mr goldblum was uh i didn't even know who he was and shan said yeah he's the guy that was in jurassic park and i said I, yeah i don't know but uh, the crew was all out of London. Nat Geo was putting the deal on for Disney. And uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. Uh, I don't think he knows a whole lot about coffee because uh, he told me I'd had a cup in five years. And I yeah. said, well, we're finna caffeinate you really good here, you know. But I'd say he stands out, you know, quite a bit as, as being somebody that was uh, a little odd to come into camp. Uh, now, sure, I'm going to make him feel welcome as we do uh, everybody. But he just—he's a—he's a tall man. He has to bend over when he comes under the fly. But uh, he was good people, and um, I can remember many, many years ago um, meeting um, an old man on a ranch, and um, he was—he was a great feller. I'd—I'd uh, I'd heard of this man through the years. Uh, his name was Tom Blassingame. But uh, for him to eat your cooking and brag on it was a great deal you know so uh if i had to say there was one person that stood out that had eat my cooking that i'm really impressed with i'd say that was shannon my wife and she says that's how i got her i was gonna say is that lead to a love story like how do you guys meet yeah she uh oh she she's from elko nevada which is good cow town it's good ranch people um she said she didn't know a lot about cooking at the time, but at the time, Elko Cowboy Poetry Gathering, which is one of the largest in the nation, uh, was having an event, and they hired me to come and entertain and do a cooking workshop, which was going to be chicken fried steak, sourdough biscuits. Well, Shan was uh, in charge of the workshop, and I can remember telling her, I'm going to need a crock jar, and I'm going to need this, and I'm going to need this, and all she did was laugh, you know, and I'm thinking... Well, this gal thinks I'm funny. I found out many years later, she just laughs when she's nervous. She said she couldn't understand any okie that I was throwing out there. But uh, we remained friends for a long time. Um, she asked me about a website, and I said, no, nah, I ain't got one of them. And she said, well, I, I sort of uh, could help you out with that. I'll tell you what you do. I'll do a website, and I'll come down there to cooking school and take some pictures, and then you'll have them on the website. Well, she come to cooking school, and then... A year later, she come back to cooking school, and then another year later, she come back again. Then I finally married her so she could graduate, and now she runs a cooking school. So it, you, you know how that circle goes, Greg. Yeah, no doubt about it. Cowboy uh, smelled a return visitor after the second or third yes. time, and it was uh, time to make her yours. So I certainly appreciate that. Well, she's uh, she is truly the the best thing. I mean, we she took a a part of me that um, didn't know this world even existed you know from coming off ranches and everything and i'd tell her stories and she'd say hey we're gonna you're gonna have to write a blog and i said i don't i don't think so you know and uh but i i know my way around a computer pretty good due to her but she's a great marketing person but also she's a great cook um she's a great photographer she's been on ranches with me that are nearly three hundred thousand acres when it was in conditions that a lot of people wouldn't even be in there's no spa days there's no holidays mm. and uh she's tougher than a boot uh, if you haven't gotten the book, go ahead and grab your copy. It's uh, right here. It is a Taste of Cowboy. By the way, uh, as you were mentioning your wife, Shannon, she's the one that uh, took the photos for that book, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, all the pictures in the book, whether they be ranch or food, are uh, by her little camera. Uh, just as our our book that came out last year, the same, the new book, Faith, Family, and the Feast, she took all those pictures. Absolutely incredible. Uh, we're talking with Kent Rollins. Kent, really appreciate the time this evening and getting a, a very quick introduction to you, but I'd love to have you back on a, on a regular basis so we can talk about cooking and cowboying and all that good stuff. Yes, sir, my friend. It'd be my pleasure, Greg. And uh, we... Um, you just let me know about a week ahead of time, and I'll sure uh, sit down because it's good to visit with folks like you. And if we can spread the word and bring a little happiness to somebody and share some food, hey, it's a good day. All right, Kent, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, brother. Be safe and God bless. You too. There he is, Kent Rollins right there from KentRollins.com. And again, if you haven't had the book Go out and grab a copy of it, A Taste of Cowboy, Ranch Recipes and Tales from the Trail. That's a tongue twister if you're not a professional order like myself. So there you go. Kent Rollins. Good first time in. I like it. Very impressive. Next time we'll actually talk about cooking and all that stuff, right? Yes, of course. Right before we get to Derek, who is ready to go, I'll talk to you quickly about Cosmos Q, based out of Oklahoma. By the way, Kent, based out of Oklahoma as well, providing both backyard and competition cooks world championship level rub sauces, injection soaks, and brines. Their exclusive wing dust available on the market today as well. Best of all, every one of their products made right here in the States with all natural ingredients. Cosmos Q continues to break new ground in the rubs, seasonings, sauce, and injection world. And the results are not only proven on the competition trail year after year, but also proven in the backyards as well. More and more backyard warriors looking to take that barbecue game to the next level. There's no better or easier way to do that than by picking world championship quality rub sauces, injections, and marinades. That's exactly what Cosmos brings to the table. Not only is the barbecue game covered, there's a whole line of products to help amp up that grilling game as well. Cosmos knows what he's talking about when it comes to grilling because he is a world championship griller. Now, if you want to save cash, because I know the Central Lights love a deal, when you go to CosmosQ.com, that's Cosmos with a K, then the letter Q.com. At checkout, enter code SPRINGBBQ10, that's SPRINGBBQ10, and you will get 10% off your entire order each and every time while this promotion is taking place. Once again, hit the website Cosmos with a K, K-O-S-M-O-S, Cosmos with a K, the letter Q.com, and at checkout, enter promo code Spring. BBQ 10, Spring BBQ 10, and you get 10% off your entire order each and every time as the promo runs. We're back with Derek Riches right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com if you would rather take that avenue. That is your prerogative. Do whatever one you want. Just get the Cooking Pellets, all right? Fourth Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the barbecue journalist of barbecue journalists, breaking news across America, but not more than the show, but really maybe 1B to my 1A. Derek Rich is joining us. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I'm fine. And guess what I'm doing tomorrow? You're really no putting idea. some thought into this. I'm coming to Dallas. <laughs> Oh, so you'll just be a four-hour drive from where I am. Yeah, so I'm telling you now so you can leave after the interview and make a leisurely jaunt up to yeah. the capital city of Dallas. Not of the state. I'm just saying capital city of Dallas yeah, for no good capital. reason. Um, capital is just down that way. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to be doing a work thing the following morning at Peterbilt in Denton, Texas, wherever that is. And I'm uh, flying into Dallas, Fort Worth, and then making a quick slide east, I think, to uh, Knife yeah. Steakhouse. You ever heard of that? Knife Steakhouse? Uh, John Tezar's yeah. place? Yeah. yeah. Me and right. uh, some other guy named I've Daniel Vaughn are going to be 
solving the live fire world's problems, and I'm going to be giving him what the next Texas barbecue top 50 list is going to be. I hope I didn't say that out loud. Is this thing up? And uh, then I'll be going north to Denton. So just in case you're around, if you happen to find yourself in the area, you're invited to dinner. No problem. So take it as you wish. Yeah, I'll I'll think about it. Let me know. Let me know if you're going to be up that way. No pressure, but I won't expect it. Uh, Derek, um, you know, in a few days, May drops in and National Barbecue Month starts. Also, that means the Barbecue Hall of Fame will announce their semi-finalist of nine on May 5th on this show in a special feature. And three weeks after that, the class of three that will actually make up the class of 2021 will be announced on the show on the 26th, which will be a special show as well. Who would you put into the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year? Just off the top of your head. Ah. Uh... Off the top of my head, I sure. don't. Well, I'd have to remember who was in it in the first place. What? You don't know? Uh, it's um, not front of mind. That guy Fiore guy's in there, right? Yes, yeah. he was like one so. of the original inductees when the uh, American Royal took it over. I want to say, yeah, bought I was it. actually there for it too. Oh, you were? Yeah, actually, that's uh, first time I met him. Was great. This is great. But, Who cares? Forget nah. the question that I just asked you. Recount that that time. Like, what was that like? Uh, you know, was it a was it a rock star event? Were there thousands, dare I say, legions of people uh, waiting to take in Guy Fieri's emceeing of that year's Hall of Fame? What do you remember from it? I mean, years ago, but I mean, it had to have been a pinnacle moment. Um. Well. I was I was at the Royal and I was on I was on press passes, which meant that there was someone from the Royal organization kind of making sure I was herded where I was supposed to be. Uh-huh. And assuming I didn't either didn't know anything about barbecue or they didn't know anything about barbecue. I don't know. Maybe let's say um, they were properly entertaining you. Yeah, that seems was it. More and, they, corporate. So, and they had a big VIP event and it was going on upstairs and, you know, you had to be a VIP to get in. And they're like, hey, why don't you go in and and. You know, it's an open bar, which is usually my Derek's calling card reason for going. Yeah. So uh, and she actually it was funny because she tagged Rod Gray to escort me up since he was oh. one of the VIPs and going. So oh. I, I walked up the steps with Rod Gray at the event. Which, did he did he say even one word to you? Yeah. Yeah. We talked for oh. a moment. Yeah. Oh, great. On the way up the stairs. So. Oh, he's a nice guy. He's I a, know. I've a big be, fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you get up there, and they've got this big room, and they've got food, and they've got the open bar, and there's a whole bunch of people mulling around and everything. And in the back corner is Guy Fieri sitting in the corner of the room. Yes. With his facing the corner. Oh. Uh, and like he not, stayed there. Not public facing. <laughs> No, not public facing. And he stayed there and there was a couple of people around him and he kind of just stayed there until it was time to go out and then, you know, kind of do the event and everything. Yeah. So like you couldn't, uh, did you feel like you're looking at that and you're visually saying that's the don't approach me look that he's going for? Yeah. He, you know, he was around at the event the whole time and because they did the, you know, they did the kind of the kids competition. Yeah. And, and he was kind of running that. And I just, I got the feeling that when it comes to, to kids, he gets, he can just interact with them really, really well. He's really at ease. He, he, they love him. He has a lot of fun. But when it comes to like interacting with adults, he Mm. kind of shuts off and it's kind of like this becomes very professional and you're not to get in my space. Mm. So you didn't. So. Yeah, well, I didn't care to in the first place, but nice. um, you know, I mean that that's my literally my Guy Fieri story. I mean, right. It's kind of like my closest interaction with him. Is he the biggest celebrity you've ever been around? Um, I, I, no, probably not. Uh, I mean, I did a food and wine thing. Or, I mean, if we're talking food people, yeah. Uh, where I, I I was in the tent, you know, the, kind of doing meet and greets with like Rachel Ray was there, and 
Um, Bobby Flay was there, oh. you know. So I met him, talked to him for like a minute. I'm sure he, it was whatever he said was just rote memorization. It was, it was pretty. It's uh, pretty cynical. Well, but I understand how these things work. I mean, you know, these are PR events and it's kind of like we're on message. We're going to say what we're going to say. And, you know, I mean, I've been in that situation where it's kind of like, hey, you're speaking for this. And so here's what we want you to say. So I say that and then we move on. Look, I'm going to give you a piece of advice here, Derek. Next time you see Bobby Flay, if you want an in to not get the canned response, say, hey, Bobby. You going to Saratoga in August to buy any Phillies this year? Uh, now make sure that August is in the offing; that it's not November. Or say, ne- or like you could say September next year, 4th. I guess. Say, you know, hey, are you going yeah, next year? But say right. Saratoga, and say, uh, say, are you going to buy any Phillies next year? I'm, just, just, he, just to try and get he her. will immediately come off message. Now you may have cornered yourself here as being <laughs> some kind of guy that's into thoroughbreds, but that is his passion project is and he only buys Phillies but if you want to get him off message and have him really connect with you or take an interest then just say that I'm telling you right now as a matter of fact seek him out try it and then report back next month and see if it works and then we will know if I'm right or not I'll give him a call I think I've got him on my speed dial dial him up in fact conference him in let's see what happens nevertheless yeah let me Um, hang on let me see if I can cut him in here never no 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 we have no time for that let's can let's push forward let's push forward um what is the puma from nuke and what do we need to know about it okay so uh nuke is an Argentinian company they make a variety of grills they had the I, I believe the model was at the delta which came out about a year or so ago um, so th- they're really going towards like traditional Argentinian style grills. And, and there's a lot of confusion in the names and this sort of stuff. I mean, some people will say it's a Santa Maria style. It's that grill that, you know, has the big arm that goes up and over and you have that big wheel and you, you can raise and lower the cooking grates on it. Um, <clears throat> so this is manufactured actually in Argentina and then imported into the United States. And the Puma is kind of their big... They're, they're bigger, more expensive, more authentic model. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Delta they had out before like had a lid on it, which is really not Argentinian style grilling. Right. So, you know, this unit has, uh, there's like a fire box on one side, which is like a heavy cast iron box. And you light a fire in there and you just can lay logs in there. And as the coals kind of fall off the bottom, you kind of stoke it around and the coals fall out and then you, kind of shovel them over onto a big fire brick box area underneath the cooking grate. And, you know, you cook directly off the coals that way. So it's a, it's a real live fire, hardwood kind of cooking apparatus that way. Um, And kind of the artistry in it is, um, you know, you've got that big, you know, grate adjustment, but that's really not what you use to kind of change your cooking temperature. What you want to do is kind of work the coals and get them, you know, piled the way you want them. So, you know, if you're trying to do kind of a, well, for instance, it's like you, you get a big thick tomahawk steak, big two inch, you know, there and you lay it on the cooking grates and you lay the coals around it. So there's nothing underneath it and that heat kind of coming up and over it, you'll get that slow roasting process get it up to kind of a temperature you want to go and then push all those coals back under directly under it, drop it down as close as you can get it. And then you, you can reverse sear it. You'll get a real high intense um, cooking temperature. So, you know, this is that style of, uh, of cooking. Um, And um, yeah, it takes a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of practice to it. It's, it's nice to kind of, you know, get into like real serious hardwood cooking and doing all that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, it's a very open cooking experience, but you know, once you kind of master it, it's, it's really easy and it's really versatile because, you know, just kind of manipulating the fire, you can get hot and cold zones and medium and just cook all sorts of different things. And it's got a very large cooking area. Um, so, I mean, I've done a couple of steaks and a whole chick, you know, 
a bunch of chicken and a bunch of vegetables and thrown some burgers and some fish on there. So, you know, there's plenty of room for everything. What's the price um, tag? We're looking at about 2600 on this. Is that um, fair? High? Which is actually, it's actually really quite comparable to a lot of uh, similar units uh, that you're going to find, um, you know. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty reasonable price for what it is. I mean, it's about 380 pounds of grill. Oh. Um, so it's, you know, because it's fire brick lined, it's really heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, buy a at least a 12-pack of beer and have a couple of buddies come over to help you get it kind of like on its feet. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I love that style of cooking. I love that kind of just very back-to-basic sort of. Is it a, it, I mean, you know, I've seen similar stuff uh like uh gaucho grills uh i yeah, think that's similar that's, in style you you have a big fire right. off to one side and it's burning down to the coals and you shovel over to the other side where the cooking happens so similar to uh, conceptually i think it's romantic and cool and everything that you're saying but i, I wonder if it's uh, like a hyper niche kind of a deal yeah, I don't think it's, I mean, it's not for everybody, certainly. And it's not a, I'm going to come home from work on a Tuesday night and fire up the grill and, you know, cook a big meal. It's, it's a, it's a project, you know, you, you got to kind of love the cooking to, to really get into it. But I mean, if you do, it's, 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 it's great because, you know, you can do so much with it and it's, it's very pure kind of form of cooking so check that out and uh last thing we can hit on this evening because i got off track with guy fury bs tap a cue so if you're looking for an alternative to show sponsor fireboard uh tap a cue might be something that you are interested in Uh, derek has a unit that's either for sale or it's coming out uh, fairly shortly but tell us a little bit about them and then since you have both uh, do your own compare contrast and pick a winner and it better be Fireboard. Uh, you know, actually, Tappacue's been around longer. Um, yes, yes, I know. They like came a, up in about 2013. Chris Marks was originally in that whole deal, too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, he was actually the first person to kind of get me in on it when it first came out. And so they've come out with a new version. Uh, they kind of, I think they kind of lagged a little bit behind in the technology. <clears throat> the new version has a, what well, has a touchscreen to it. So, you know, you have a lot of the functionality. Um, and it is quite similar to the fireboard. The TapaQ has um, four temperature ports, but they're dual channel. So you can run eight probes off of it. Uh, and then you have all the Wi-Fi capabilities. Once it's connected to your Wi-Fi, you can, you know, go on the app. It's going to store data. Mm-hmm. You can go back and look at past cooks. You can do all that sort of stuff. But one of the things that they've kind of just released, and this is pretty new in the last, I think about the last month, is um, it's also they're also putting out their own line of of uh, wireless probes. So it's very similar to meter, uh, like meter. Yeah. So it's very it, it's basically like the meter probe. It's the same thing. And I don't think actually meter invented it. I think there's several. These been around several iterations. A lot of people have them. And um, the great thing about it is is that they just automatically sync straight into the TapaQ controller. So it does give you that um, functionality. And, you know, if you want to buy eight of them, you could run eight of the wireless ports, mm. wireless probes at the same time. Um, and TapaQ also has a, uh, a blower unit. So you have temperature control capabilities. And um, depending upon the package you're looking at, it does tend to run a little bit cheaper than Fireboard price-wise. So, I mean, are we moving in an industry to where all these remote thermometers are you expecting Fireboard at some point next year or maybe this year to introduce their wireless probes? I've asked Ted Conrad for the last two years, when are you coming out with this? Because I think that's where it's moving. And I think yeah. how well Fireboard has done with the wired stuff, if they could get close to wireless as they have with wired, they can really take that market. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the point of failure on these units is the wire. You know, I mean, you've got to, and, and they're a hassle to deal with. I hate the wires. But um, on the flip side, the wireless probes, they, you know, they have to be charged. There's kind of a downside on that. And I, they don't have, you know, their life expectancy is, is uh, somewhat limited 
I mean, if you used it a lot, I think you're going to run about a year before they just won't take a charge anymore. Huh. But, you know, you can do rotisserie cooking, you know, with a temperature probe in there. You don't have to run a bunch of wires. Tapacu's units, uh, they're all color coded. So, you know, um, when you bring up the controller, there's four different colors and uh, the probes themselves, whether wired or wireless, are colored. So you know exactly what one you're using. And, you know, it's, it's really convenient that way. So it's really easy to figure out what you're looking at. So, you know, I mean, you can do everything with the TapiQ that you can do with Fireboard, but TapiQ is now offering the wireless. And yeah, I think that Fireboard probably needs to get a wireless probe out there. So, so. are you picking TapiQ over Fireboard then at the moment? I would say at the moment. At the moment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what, you know, I, the Fireboard is pretty dynamic and they do a lot of innovation. And I know that, you know, they're working on the next version of stuff. So we'll see where we are in three months. Fair enough. Everything changes. Fair enough. We'll see how it goes. You can find Derek Riches over at DerekRiches.com where he is breaking live fire news as it happens. And you can find him here on the fourth Tuesday of every month. Visiting with the Barbecue Central Show. Derek, always appreciate the time, and we will see you in May. All right. See you in a month. All right. There he is. Derek Riches right there. Great stuff. I love the Guy Fieri story. Good insight there. Not on the outline, but we'll talk about Weber Grills next month. And we'll also talk about... Maybe some of the best cookers and grills to buy in 2021. How about that? Stay tuned for next month. That's Derek Riches, DerekRiches.com. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue and grilling, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers, Big Pop Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Known for the rubs and sauces, right? 13 perfectly balanced flavored rubs. They have Granny's Barbecue Sauce, which they now own. So if you're looking to get outside of the original rub stuff, try all of the Big Papa Smokers rubs. If you want to get out of the normal sauce stuff, try Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they're selling cookers, and you know this. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out that Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Okay. Take a look at the old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you really can't go wrong with anything they're selling over there. Have any questions? Call 877 877- 828 727 that's 877-828-0727 or shop the website bigpapasmokers.com that's b-i-g-p-o-p-p-a-smokers.com we are back to wrap the first hour stick around we'll be right back you're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere the barbecue central show Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by none other than Fireboard. Derek says, Tapiku, I say, nonsense. It's Fireboard for me all the way. This segment brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitors up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to the Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa's or the Google's assistance, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816 845-2232. That's 816-945-2232. Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, and Fireboard 2. We thank Kent Rollins, my first segment guest. We also thank Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. My second segment guest, 
And it's all aligning. I'm getting excited for about a half an hour from now. It's all aligning. I can feel it. Which means technological disaster is only moments away. What? All right, refresh libations as we move to the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. 